0: Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. As so I was reading this on Monday to, to write my homily. I read this and I said, really? <laughs> I have to preach on this, to love your enemies. So in today's world, we tend to want to seek revenge. We want to pay, repay evil. With evil. In the gospel, Jesus addresses this attitude by preaching out about the gratuitous love of our God. Jesus insists that we love our enemies. Even though these enemies may never become our friends, we must still love them. We are being asked to bless them and even pray for them. Again, I really ask, really? <laughs> what does it all mean? To help us understand what our Lord is saying, we need to define two words first, love and enemies. So who are our enemies? Seems like an absurd question, but we must state the obvious. Most of us live in denial and because we do, we end up either never resolving our issues with our enemies or never attempt to even love them. So yes, We do need to know and recognize our enemies for us to love them. Our enemies can be the people that we are hostile towards or the people who are hostile toward us. They are persons who we dislike or who we despise. Or they may be the ones who dislike or despise us. They could be persons that are a bad influence on us and don't want to see us grow in our faith. These are our enemies. Our first reaction would be to repay them in kind. If they are hostile to us, then we are entitled to be hostile to them too. But these are the ones who we are called to love. So what does love mean here? The Greeks distinguished between three different types of love in the world at the time of Christ and they still pertain today. They are eros, a natural love of man for a woman, philo, a love for a relative or a friend, and agape, a pure, willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good with no expectation of any kind of response. This agape type of love is the love which God extends to every one of his creatures, no matter how they respond to him. So according to the encyclical, Charity and Truth, to love someone is to desire that person's good and to take effective steps to secure it. Therefore, it's crucial to understand that love is not simply a feeling, but is primarily an act of the will. The Lord provides us with several examples on how we are to love our enemies. Do good to those who hate us. Bless those who curse us. Pray for those who mistreat us. I'd like to share a short story. Scarlett Lewis's son, Jesse, was killed in the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting, the biggest school shooting in U.S. history. At first, she said she felt like her anger sapped all her strength and her energy. She was angry at the shooter and at the mother for unwittingly arming him. But she made a choice. She made a choice to forgive. And she said, Forgiveness felt like I was given a big pair of scissors to cut the tie and regain my personal power. It started with a choice and then became a process. And she urged mourners at Jesse's funeral to change their angry thoughts into loving ones, that thereby they may change the world. If we bring the person who has hurt us, our enemy, before God in prayer, we open the possibility not only for God to change our enemy, but most importantly, change us. So we should bring the person that we cannot forgive before God in prayer and ask. Ask God to show us something to give us some understanding that can move our heart closer to that forgiveness. We should place the member of our family who has severely disappointed us and hurt us in God's presence and ask that God would give us a new way to love that person. We should take the friend who has betrayed us and spoke evil against us and before God, ask that we might find a way to soften our judgment so that we might forgive as God has forgiven us. We are commanded by Jesus to rely on God's unconditional love and learn deep humility toward our enemies and for those who hate us. None of us likes to be treated with hatred, cursed, or mistreated. And yet, when we're not careful, we do the same thing to others that we do not want to have done to us, We are to have no retaliation against those who cause us injury. Rather, we're called to take a different path, a path of casting aside vengeance and embracing holiness and compassion. The heart of the message is summarized at the end of today's gospel. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Our Lord invites us to ascend from the limited human generosity of man which returns love to someone who has given us love, to the absolute generosity of God, which showers love on those who currently hate him and despise him. What sounds ridiculous to man actually points to the boldness of God. Jesus himself is God's gift to all his enemies, a gift of immeasurable love that indeed now causes everyone graced with it to be consecrated to God. This helps us to understand the illustrations which Jesus uses. Turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile, giving up what little we have even when it is not required. Yes, it was the Lord who turned the other cheek when he was being persecuted. He allowed himself to be stripped of his clothing so that by his death and resurrection he could now clothe us in himself, in the glory of being children of God. Rather than paying back with evil, he offered the greatest blessings upon all of us, including his persecutors and his executioners. The Lord, in obedience to the Father, clothed himself in human flesh and walked among us. But he didn't stop there. He went to the cross to bear our sins And by the power of his death and resurrection, he gave us the opportunity and the grace to walk with him for his glory. The Lord not only preached, but showed us in his life, death and resurrection, the meaning of loving our enemies. Christ does not command us to have an eros or even a philo type of love towards a person. We are not being asked to love our enemies with a love of affection, to be in love with them, or to be fond of them. He did not command us to even like our enemies. This type of love cannot be commanded. But he does command us to exercise our freedom, our will for the good of others, even if we have little affection for them. In many ways, the enemies whom we are called to love will remain our enemies as long as we have no control over their feelings or our feelings towards them. Our enemies provide us an opportunity, an opportunity of a real challenge to truly love, a love that goes beyond affections and feelings, which is an agape love. Frequently, real love wounds us more than soothes our hurts and injuries. The epitome of this kind of love is found on the cross. When Jesus asked, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. There is no denying that for many of us, including myself, of all the teachings of Jesus, the mandate to love our enemies is the one that is most difficult to live. Jesus gives us a commandment not a suggestion. Love for our enemies is not an ideal but rather a way of life. We cannot consider ourselves authentic disciples of Jesus unless we truly love our enemies. The commandment to love our enemies goes deep into our hearts and into our soul, but loving our enemies will always be hard, even humanly impossible. In fact, The second reading reminds us that the true standard for Christian living lies not with the first man, Adam. Human standards, no matter how high they reach, will always be limited and fall short of perfection. The standard presented to us is the one given by Christ himself, the man from heaven who possesses the life-giving spirit. St. Paul therefore tells us, Just as we have borne the image of the earthly one, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly one. And this is what the heavenly man, the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ says to us. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. For man, it may be impossible, but for God, nothing is impossible. The grace of God makes possible even this most impossible of human acts. That is why prayer must always be at the heart of this very act of loving our enemies. Today, as a Christian who faithfully tries to live up to the high calling of perfection, society may call us a fool, an idealist, or even a fanatic. We may have our words twisted and our actions misrepresented. But this is what makes us, the Christian, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. This is also what makes the Christian attractive to every soul thirsting for a greater spiritual depth in our world that can only offer shallow lies. In all this, we remember the world does not set the standards for us. In matters of spirituality, mediocrity is never an option. Only the highest standard of excellence is demanded. We follow only one standard, be merciful as your Father is merciful. I want to end with a quote from Thomas Merton. Do not be too quick to assume your enemy is a savage just because he is your enemy. Perhaps he is your enemy because he thinks you are a savage. Or perhaps he is afraid of you because he feels that you are afraid of him. And perhaps If he believed you were capable of loving him, he would no longer be your enemy.